Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to episode five of Sugar, Spice, and Jesus Christ. As always, I'm your host, Frankie. Oh, hey, it's Kay. That's my beautiful wife, who's also the host. She's my co-host. Host? Co-host. Co-host? Coast is not... You could host this next time or sometime. I mean, what is hosting? Is his hosting like the leader, just saying, hey. saying all the things? Yeah, just no. He's usually the driver of the show. No, we don't do that. It's just whoever is more—I don't know—passionate at that moment is the one that does more talking. That's why you're my co-host. Boom. We learn something new every day. Co-managers. Le- yeah, last episode you didn't like the hostess with the mostess thing. Yeah, no. <laughs> We're doing it again. Uh, so yeah, a lot of happened this week. Um, they lost a submarine. and That was poorly built in the first place. Wound up losing five. But somehow most like securely built enough that the CEO was willing to drive it. Bet his life on it. Did he go? He was one CEO, of the five. CEO, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's very unfortunate. So, um, according to the build sheet, uh, I'm not even going to get into the Logitech controller because that's just nonsense to me. But um, they fired the engineer that brought. There was a lot of safety concerns. The safety concerns. Um, He's like, yo, this isn't good. And they're like, okay, bye. Apparently there was like, he used carbon steel and titanium and they don't get along together um, for the structure of the actual sub. So they're very strong. Wasn't it also just bolted together? I have no, that stuff I don't know. Uh, I just looked at the build of materials. Mm-hmm. Um, which honestly, it's super sad what happened. Uh, the internet is no place for compassion. So the jokes kind of like wrote themselves really. Uh, but it was kind of dark on the internet for some of the memes that I've seen. Uh, but yeah, Christian's perspective is just kind of like avoid that, but pray for the ones that lost family members really. Because uh, it's a bad situation, no matter. Yeah, not everything is an opportunity for a meme. Like, there were lives lost. It is a serious issue. Yeah, and they spent a lot of money to go down there. To the Titanic. Which, I wonder if they even got to see it before. Um, The wreck was... What, like... It wasn't that far, honestly. From the actual... Titanic wreckage? Yeah. Hmm. So, but they lost communication, like, not that far into it. So I don't think that they were close at all. But I I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it was a poorly a built submarine that did not meet safety specifications, and five people died as a result. Yeah. My um, advice to people is just use discernment and common sense with this stuff if someone's saying hey let's let's go to the titanic and they also say 
we skirted around safety things to get us down here because that's kind of like what he gloated about on you know some of the interviews about the the vessel Um, he he gloated about the safety things he was saying how like he was able to save time because of um like people were too like the engineers hired were too tight on safety and he didn't think that that was important enough wow Um, you're you're building a submarine that's supposed to go deeper than any other submarines able to and well i mean james cameron went down there for the titanic stuff when he did his documentary i think i don't Um, know and he came back fine uh but yeah it probably did things the right way i i don't know i imagine well we have boats that can go like we have subs like the navy has subs that can do whatever like right i I don't know maybe like civilian submarines but what happened was like the kind of pressure is kind of equivalent to a diesel combustion engine so there was some sort of combustion inside the vessel when it imploded on itself so there was no suffering for like the death it's just unfortunate what happens you know right um and you know we're kind of like just water meat sacks so like (laughs) we're cucumbers with anxiety (laughs) our bodies really can't handle that kind of stuff so um i imagine immediate death is better than suffocation because that's what the news was sort of hinting at that they were losing oxygen i still think that suffocation isn't necessarily a terrible way to go because you do fall asleep but you know that you're dying like right but at least it's a gentle falling asleep i don't know maybe perhaps well i mean think about like getting choked out your brain doesn't get oxygen you go to sleep yeah i don't know maybe i mean it's much much slower but it's still like the you kind of go through like an insanity period though Maybe. Because you're not yourself when... I mean, there also apparently wasn't standing room in the sub. Yeah, no. Absolutely insane. Don't do this. Like, it was, like, sitting only so, like, very cramped. Don't do this. Like, these CEOs, they want to experience things because they're freaking bored. Let them have their fun. Don't do this with them. Tell me you haven't read Ecclesiastes without telling me you haven't read Ecclesiastes. But, uh... It's unfortunate what happened and, you know, in our prayers uh, for the families that lost people. Because I think there's a 19-year-old kid on the ship, too. Yeah, it was the billionaire and his son. It's unfortunate. So So not only did the family lose half a million dollars. No. I'm sure the family's going to go after... Half a billion dollars. Ocean Gate. That's the... No, half a million. Yeah. So... I don't even know if we're allowed to talk about this on the podcast. Um, Why wouldn't we? It's public. Yeah, I guess. I saw some pretty messed up memes, though. But uh, There were a couple that made me snort, but not ones that like were mocking their death. Like The, one the where Spongebob I... ones send me every time. Spongebob memes that have to do with this were so funny for some reason, and like I hate to say it. <laughs> But, uh, and it's sad. I don't know. But we've been through so much as millennials. Like, it's almost like, what is new today, you know? Right. And what's new today? There was, 
military coup in Russia. That's very interesting. They got all the way to Moscow. Yeah, last I heard, they reached a peace agreement. So I don't know if that's 100% what's happening. We'll probably find out more next week, but that's pretty wild. Um, So we're definitely hoping to see some sort of change on that side of the world because that whole Ukraine thing's going on too long. I'm not saying Ukraine's perfect at all, but innocent people shouldn't have to pay for the price of the sins of their leaders. You know what I mean? Of course not. So, but wars and threats of wars—it's plot for the plot for the course. Par. Par for the course. Par. Ah, it's a golf term. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not really well versed on golf. Neither am I. I should have remembered that from the freaking office episode when they have like the girl meeting and the men's meeting and the girls are talking about like the uh, the sports references. And I think that was one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so today we're going to talk about this thing that I posted back when we started about like started talking about doing this show. OK, and that was uh, what does the church mean to you? I posted that on Facebook um, and I wanted honest opinions uh, and I also wanted people that were non-believers to comment, but I also didn't want people to argue. So I prefaced that in it. Um, I don't remember how many people commented on it. Probably about eight. So you, you're bringing up a topic that you posted about but you didn't pull the post up i didn't pull the post to be able to see what people let me pull it up i know it's here because that's the content fill this time with music i'm not gonna do that i'm not gonna do that what this episode of sugar spice and jesus christ is brought to you by kids with silly hats what is kids with silly hats you might ask uh, I don't know. I made it up. Uh, it's also chocolate chips. Yeah. Uh, go to, you know, the uh, the one app that you would use for questions. Ask questions. Like, questions that need answers. Like, why is it when I step outside on my stoop and I look at the moon, I can't feel it? And... Why does the government keep the moon a secret from us? Why are they keeping it to themselves? And what does the moon feel like? Uh, yeah. So, that's an ad. That's a really good ad read. Off to the next ad read. This episode is brought to you by Chubby Noon's Kitchen. Chubby Noon's Kitchen is a kitchen that makes chubby things. Visit them at www.chubbynoonskitchen.com to learn more. So, yeah, we're back. Um, That was fast. For nobody. It was fast for you because it (laughs) took me... It's the power of editing. Five minutes to find it. All right. So, we were talking about a project that we were working on together. And I said, comment the first three words or at least one word that comes to mind when you think about the church. I said negative or positive, believer or non-believer. I said, please keep it clean as you can. 
I won't be offended if you swear because I don't find swear words offensive at all. Um, but I said, just be mindful of others. And I was like, don't reply to somebody else's comment in any way or you'll be deleted and blocked from the post. Because I didn't want fighting within the post. I don't really like when there's strife on the internet because I feel like nothing ever happens. Nothing ever gets done. Right. But church hurt is a thing and people tend, tend to, to hold on to it. it. Yeah. As if it's not like included in what qualifies for forgiveness and healing and peace from Jesus. Like, oh, I can give God all these other things, but my church hurt. I can't go to church because it's I've had a bad experience. Yeah. Yeah, it's I mean that happens though. Or like, like not even church hurt, just like you're so set against God that anything that has to do with him, you're like, no, I don't want any part of that. Well, I mean, we know, you know, someone that just won't go to church because they've had a really bad experience there, but their circle of friends is from the world and their world is not giving this person what they're looking for. That's a lot of people that don't go to church though but they they stay away from church because they're trying to avoid the very thing that they're experiencing with their worldly friends and while yes you can experience it in the church because the church is full of sinners and and people that need jesus like that doesn't you're less likely to experience it as frequently and as intensely uh as you will with people that are of the world because at least those that are genuinely following Christ, they're going to strive to be more like him. And when that happens, it reflects in your relationships. Well, let me um, sort of relate to some of the listeners out there. Um, I was in a, I was in a, um, like youth groups back in the day. Not when I was a teenager, probably from like grade school to middle school. You had youth group for that age? Youth group didn't start until I was 12. There was a bunch of different programs that we did. I don't want to get specific um, just because it's not really important. But uh, I always thought that I was accepted who I was more in my public school setting than I was at the church. The church kids didn't get me at all just because like I was a little more hyperactive Mm. and I don't know. I I just didn't feel to fit in, but I also wanted to be like my own person. I don't know. It's weird. Like I still kind of felt that when I was a teenager, but I think I tried a little bit harder to be involved with the youth group more uh and it, as a teenager yeah because as a teenager we were all going through going to church and doing this youth group thing together but then also having to deal with the world every day because we went to school together or like we were going to different schools because you know we were all from different towns and stuff but um we were all trying to navigate through this and i think there was a lot of grace uh 
given for a group of teenagers. Uh, there was some shady stuff that went down and some really crazy judgments and uh, just like sinful talk and all this other stuff that was going around. But for the most part, I thought... That's sinful teenagers for you. Yeah. For the, Oh, well, I mean, also, like, it was a little more laxed. So, like, I had a very structured... Um, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Very structured, like, curriculum. And then stuff went down with the pastor and they threw it out. Because uh, he wrote, like, the whole program. And then, for youth group? Yeah. Uh, and then it was taken over by a bunch of men and women that wanted to faithfully, like, push this generation of kids forward. But also, but also had no idea what they were doing? Not necessarily so there that they didn't know what they, they were doing. They, it was just well, they weren't professionally they trained really in that, hard. and so it's kind of more of like a parent's approach to raising their kids, where it's like, I don't, I'm not really sure what I'm doing. I don't know if this is really the right way to do it, but like, there's less structure because like you're not really right. like. But there was Jesus and like. Well, yeah. And they faithfully brought what they could to the table, um, and I look back at that, and that's probably like a very huge step of growth in that period of my life that I needed to go through. Like I needed to be a part of that. And, you know, we went on mission trips and stuff. Um, I'm not going to get crazy. I also don't really think a lot of the kids that uh, attended that group in my age bracket stuck with it. I think I could count on like one hand on how many people like actually attend church now or identify as Christian, which is, Sad, but whatever. I'm not going to get into it. So I asked um, for the first three words. So we can, let's just, you know what? I'm going to go through the Christian ones first because there was a lot of those. And there was like probably one or two non-believers in the group that actually wanted to comment, which I really appreciated that they did because it kind of, you know, echoed some statements I have. Of what it was for me. Um, so a lot of people said family, Jesus, joy, Jesus, grace, family, Christ, community, outreach, worship, fellowship, Sunday morning, um, beautiful, diverse, uh, global people, body, Jesus, blessing, family, home, safe growth. Family, community, leadership, Jesus, love, family. <laughs> Someone asked, are we talking about the building or the organization? <laughs> and then they didn't answer after that. Like you answered them and was like, oh, I think we're talking about both, but just the church as a whole. And then they didn't say anything after that, which. Well, I mean, I feel like their have, original question almost answers it. I'd love to have her thoughts. Okay, actually. never mind. Actually, seeing who it is, no. Um, <laughs> she should have sent something, and I would have really appreciated it if she did, because she's got well, she's got that Holy Spirit angst in her, which is good. Yes, which surprises me because normally I would think that the person that would ask that just has the wrong impression of what church is. Like, church is not a building at all, so that shouldn't even be. I think she was just asking for a qualifier. I know, but there shouldn't be a qualifier. Not a qualifier. Um, 
a distinction? Yeah. It shouldn't be. The church, like, building should never be considered anything except for the gathering place. Like, the building should never mean anything when referring to the church. The church is always the bride of Christ. Yeah. Because when you start talking about a building, then it's... Well, then you have these crazy cathedrals that people worship more, yeah, I, well, more I mean, than, the, like... Well, the temple that Solomon built for God was stunning. Like, that was ornate. The, the gold and the silver and the bronze and, like, all of that, that was intense. So I'm not, like, I, I can't knock cathedrals for that. I mean, the paintings are much, but... Like the stained glass and all that. Like I can see that being a form of worship. I mean, it's pretty. It's almost like a... Especially um, for the artists that put it together, but... One of my friends has said it's uh, theology that you can see, which I think it's kind of cool. I think it's more visual worship. I mean, you have to... You have to realize that, like, not a lot of people were able to read the scriptures for themselves. So, like, art is a good way to depict things. Granted, like oh, an old school art, but you're talking no, you're talking about the paintings. I'm talking like you're still talking about the paintings. I was talking about like the cathedral as a whole. Oh, okay. Yeah. As visual worship. Well, you remember when like Notre Dame burnt right. down the yeah. Mary, the Saint Mary or whatever the heck that was. Um, people were like losing their minds, and it's like that's not that doesn't mean the church is dead, guys. It's just right. the building. Come on. Yeah, exactly. Like the building is a. It's just the gathering it's, it's, place. It's a gathering place, right. With We've misattributed church to meaning, like, not the body of people, but well, rather the, the, the building so itself. important, because, like, if you think about God, he, his presence was in the building, right? Um, right. And then, and then the tent, that was before the building. Was the built. tabernacle. Yeah. Um, and that was his dwelling place. And... You needed a whole bunch of cleansing and all this other stuff to even go in there because it was a holy place. Right. And now with the Holy Spirit, he's indwelleth in you. And. Indwelleth. Okay. <laughs> he's in like that's God's he way. He indwells of, you. Right. So Jesus makes you clean. So that Because of the his atoning blood. Reside there yes and it's weird because like you take the church where you go it is a people it's global it's you take the church with you you know what i mean because your yeah. temp your body is the temple which is why when like the well, church is the collective body of christ it's yes as so, individuals we are not the church you're being you're a temple though. Paul yes, talks about your this. body is a temple. Yes, right. Paul talks about you're this. combining so like, two different concepts. I am, and because it's got to be, these things need to be talked about together. Though I think because if you don't, then that's where all the confusion comes from. I'm not saying like because you're the church, you don't need to go, because that's kind of like where people kind of get the, I the church is just four people together, and like. No, yes, maybe. I don't well, I don't no, want to make need, that distinction. You need the structure of the authority of elders. That's why they're there. Right. <laughs> That's why God gave us a hierarchy. Right. It's just for submission and and accountability purposes. 
Right. Like, because it's, it's good. It's not a form of, you know, making sure that you're being outwardly moral all the time. Like, it's genuinely... Crack your knuckles with a meter stick. Like, when you, uh, when you follow Jesus and you make him your life, he... The different, like, I guess, recommendations and guidelines that he gives in the New Testament are for our benefit to help us in that pursuit of him and to, you know, continue the good work as the Holy Spirit transforms us into Christ's likeness. Mm. And so being in a church that has that structure and that authority and, you know, the, the spiritual giftings of teaching and exhortation and whatnot um it's it's for our benefit so that we can continue to pursue him and if you're not viewing church as you know the the beneficial tool and just like the the uh invaluable resource that it is um then i would say that you don't have the right view of church Mm. Because it's not just Sunday morning. Church is, is for his people to gather together and encourage one another and get that, that shot of excitement. Because living in this world is really tiresome and it's exhausting. Shutting down. It sounded like when you were rewinding that one. Yep. <laughs> But it's it's exhausting, and so we need to come together often to build each other up and to encourage each other. You know, Paul is Paul and Peter and the apostles. They were all very much very vocal about how much it meant to them to get together to be able to encourage one another. Did it crash? No. <laughs> uh, I don't know. You looked at it and then you smiled in a way of like, oh. You know, but they put such an emphasis on seeing one another in person so that they could share their testimonies with each other and encourage one another because it's you need that reminder on a regular basis of what God is doing and how he's moving and the different ways that he reveals himself in our lives because he doesn't reveal himself the same way to everybody. Mm. And so when we share our unique experience of, you know, what he's revealed to each of us, it benefits everyone else because they get to learn another side of like who God is. Like it's, he wants us to be in community with one another. It's good. It's not about control and authority and like. That's funny you say that. Keeping us in check. It's about, it's about remaining in fellowship as we all pursue the same finish line. We're all running the same race, and that's getting to eternity with our king. Mm. And like, if we could all just remember that, that that would be good. That'd be great. That'd be great. That'd be great. That's why I really push people to try to learn more about the early church. Um, I try on my own too. Uh, I was uh, constantly learning about them. I was listening to Acts earlier today, and he was talking about 
you know, the early church and how they would just come together. There was no needy person among them because... They those, all took care of each other. Those that had, they owned property, they had goods, they sold them, and they gave the money to the apostles who just distributed it to the the church as needed. Like, whoever was in the body that was in need, they, they met the need. Isn't that interesting, though? It's on kingdom how, communism. But on how radical that thought is. So, like, you're Rome. You want to snuff this out because now you're not making money on people buying your goods because they're feeding each other. Well, no, I mean, you still need those resources. That's assuming that, like, they're self-sufficient as a people. Like, they may still need, you know, Roman goods and things in order to feed each other, but I mean, it's, it's more of the people in the church that have more are generous and willing and cheerful to give and take care of those that don't have as much. It's not about, well, you didn't work hard enough and earn enough money, so sucks to be you. Well, that's that's kind of the society we live in today. Well, that's judgmental, and that's assuming that you know the situation that someone's in. And that's what Jesus says, don't do. Don't judge one another. Don't assume that you know someone else's heart. Um hold them accountable like if you see them sinning you know that it's like sin not your own interpretation not one of those gray areas where it's like oh i don't You're think you should eat that and you yeah. shouldn't eat it it's like we're not talking about that we're talking about like if you see your brother in blatant sin obviously um that's a completely different matter but like you checked his phone and you saw or he showed you something on his phone and it was like no or you see the things that they're liking on social media and it's not really lining up with what is good and true and, and right and praiseworthy. Um, I've had many of my brothers come to me and be like, you shouldn't have posted that or you should take that down. Right. So, but it's interesting that uh, you brought in acts because like they were working as the church body. Right. Like you had the brains of the operation. You had the eyes to see that someone was struggling or someone needed something or you heard that uh someone needed something or whatever and and everybody was like happy to play was their moving. role right and i feel like like women were happy to play their role and contribute in the way that they were able to they didn't complain about not being pastors and elders like it, they were just happy to contribute to the needs of the body and the benefit of God's people because like what a privilege it is to get to participate in that. But like, I think I might be way off in my sort of assumption or just like how I've interpreted and just saw how this all played out. But I feel like the Western church just tries to throw money at it versus actually getting their hands dirty. To be fair, you do have different giftings uh, among the body. Not everybody is gifted to serve in every way, and it can look different. Like, the, the Spirit does give the gift of generosity um, so that there are those that their function of the body is... I mean, obviously, we each have works. It's not... You can't just, like, give money and expect that to be the only thing that you do. I mean, that could be a very major part of the way that you serve... And the way that God uses you because resources and funding are so like you need it in this world. Like you need to you need money in order to do anything. Um, um, you've 
you know, gone through this with Chubby Noon. So, like, yeah, I don't know. It's to come in so that you can get it out. I I genuinely, like, I, I feel like it's just God that keeps it funded because I don't know how it runs. Like, we give away pretty much everything which is good i mean and i know we do it with joy like yeah. i'm i'm so like excited and joyful to give things and that's away. not us being like oh look at us no no like um, i'm so like excited and joyful to give things away and bless people and surprise them with it's God's you know cookies. something sweet it's, it's, it's right it's all his um i mean it, it would be nice if people would engage more um not necessarily with like paid orders but like just ordering chub specials and, and blessing sharing. people in their lives like sharing. everybody knows somebody that's going through something and could use a meal like i don't understand why it's not more I mean, you got one coming taken up. advantage of you got yeah one coming up, which is good yeah your brother yeah. ordered one and i'm i'm really excited to get that out on monday the eyes and the ears like i said like someone can see that someone needs this or heard that someone needs this you know right like and um, you don't even have to be every part of it like you can just be the the eyes and ears and then maybe if you just can't be the one to pick up and gifting. deliver then like find somebody else that can yeah so yeah, that was that was a good uh that was the opportunity for chubby noon like i think we had a really good structure on that um, taking as much of the work out of it as we can so that it, it's simple not, and easy not for even people that, to participate. So like we we were like, all right, so we're doing everything now. And well, we were making boxing, packaging, you know, and driving, delivering. And sometimes like 40 miles one way. So like um, and that, hey, we did it with smiles on our faces, but we were like, how dope would it be to get our church brothers and sisters in on this to be the feet well particularly be because and the, and the, the social autism like it makes it really difficult to do all of it it's not our gifting that's right, the thing exactly <laughs> like we serve our gifting is the prep work like we are right. the martha in this situation martha? right yeah yeah martha Mary was martha. the busy one yeah so but we also know how to be merry and sit at the feet of Jesus and and be content to wait on Him, and and just be in His presence. We're doing that now. Yeah. Um, and apparently we're the mouth too because people enjoy this show. Um, and the ones that don't, I'm sorry. Thanks for the download. <laughs> uh, so then I had two other ones. One I thought was a follower, but I guess maybe not. Maybe she walked away. I don't know. But she commented, God conservative. And I want to make sure I said the first word right. Click. Top one. Yep, that's click. Um, I'm sorry that that was kind of how you viewed that or that was what your experience was. What? I want to see who it is. I don't think you know her. Oh, okay. Um, I was curious. I'm always... It's someone I used to go to church It's with. always sad when someone... You is, don't know either of these people. Like I they went to school with the other one. identify with the faith and then they don't. Like, it, it, I'm always curious and like... So you know what it is? what the I backstory think is. Like, lot, why? A lot of the kids that like are walking away 
don't like what the evangelical church was doing politically. They were too loud with their political leanings. And then they would go to school and have their their world kind of was way opposite as what the church was talking about in their political leanings. Um, and I can't say that for every single person because everybody's experience was different. But I think that the Christian national, like Christian nationalists. Can't stand that. Was, uh, was part of that. Uh, but also like the church is not supposed to be like super progressive at all anyway or political or political like they didn't separation of church and state but like not the way that everybody thinks of it where it's like oh keep the church out of the state like it's keep the state out of the church yeah you're voting can be linked with your faith like you can still vote and how you let you, your faith define your values, which determines how you vote. And you could do that. That's fine. Just don't bring it up at the pulpit. That's really annoying. Remember that one guy that was like, if you vote Democrat, you're a demon. Get out of here, demon. And he was like a pastor or something wow. like that. Wow. Oh, yeah. And I was like, this guy literally is what turns the world off to Jesus altogether. This is not Jesus. Yeah, that's Jesus the frustrating says, part. Give to Caesar's because what is Caesar's. they are the loudest ones. They are. They're so freaking loud. Like he was screaming Quite at liter- the pulpit. <laughs> Quite literally, the loudest. But they're the ones that. If that was, if that happened in our church, I would walk. I would leave. But like, they're the billboard of Christianity. Unfortunately, because they're these mega churches and prosperity preachers and all that, and like that's what people see because they're the loudest. Like. Also, we're not supposed to be a loud people. Like, we're supposed to, like, be show meek, with our lives. Loving, compassionate. Gentle, kind. Yeah. You know, self-controlled. Like, these are not things that coexist with being, Jesus like, wasn't loud. But also, Jesus wasn't nice, either. He wasn't a nice He was little, kind. He wasn't, yeah, he wasn't a nice little boy. He was, and he'll prove that someday to everybody. Um, when he comes back to put a boot up everyone's ass. Okay. <laughs> we got to stop with the pop culture stuff because that's ridiculous. Okay, but like that's an actual legitimate thought though, <laughs> just not... because they worded it first. Yeah, they worded it so perfectly funny. Um, and then I have corrupt, outdated, and controlling, which I think we kind of touched on all that, but outdated we're not really progressive so like i'm sorry there are churches that still do traditions that are thousands like hundreds maybe a thousand years old um i guess we would look more progressive in our practices versus theirs uh well for outdated it's outdated meaning the thing is our sin is fine and right but that's the thing is that controlling like you're god god is immutable so he never changes and so why would his ways change just because time has passed like if god is unchanging he is forever and he's the church hasn't gotten with the times and we still read this ancient we're not supposed to 
I know. God doesn't change, so we're not going to change. So for anybody to expect anything different of God's people than a reflection of who he is it's is... not necessarily fair to us either. What do you mean? Like, to have that expectation of us. But they don't know what we're supposed to... Like, what we believe about God. The expectation of being progressive? No. Or the expectation of, of not being... being progressive. Well... You're saying that because God doesn't change, we shouldn't have to either. Our values and the things yeah. that we stand for, like the church as a whole, should not change It's not fair that they either. want us to change like that. Yes, correct. That's what I was saying. Like the fact that they're accusing the church of being outdated. I mean, if anything, that's kind of a compliment because that means that we haven't adapted to the way that the world has changed like there we are is. reflecting that immutable character of god by standing firm in those values because they don't change but the real church is doing that there yes. is a big podium of new age theology that's disgusting the false yeah. teachers yeah um, and they have a lot of traction because because it tickles people's ears yeah we talked about this already episode three maybe counterfeit faith yeah probably hmm. i think that was three yeah downloads are really down no. guys that's not really fair i keep doing this content for you no, i'm kidding uh i mean we, just we have an these, apple podcast which is pretty cool we have these conversations anyway the only difference is now now, we're now there's a microphone it. yeah yeah and we just like to bring you guys into it so um and then the corrupt thing so like there is corruption. Yes, because, again, the church is full of sinful people that need Jesus. Like, you, you Getting... are dead in your sin, and then the Holy Spirit regenerates you. and Gives you a clean heart. He gives you a new, healthy heart that desires to love and trust and follow him. And as you continue towards becoming more like Christ and that finished work that the Holy Spirit is doing. Actually becoming more human. Yes. More you intended are, human. Right. Like your sin has dehumanized you. And as, you know, the Matt Chandler said, you know, when you turn towards God, like that rehumanizes you and he slowly like rebuilds you and makes you you know, into that masterpiece that he had intended in the first place before you got yourself all covered in poo. Yep. <laughs> That's a throwback to one of the other episodes. Did we talk about that? I thought yes. that was under over the mic, no? No. That wasn't one of our car ride episodes? Mm -mm. <laughs> no, that was like, a, have you ever, you know, seen your kid who you love so much, you just walk in and they're covered in poo? Right, you had that more x-rated one that we did over the mic. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes that one uh, yeah oh yeah no that one that one was a different one that wasn't parent and child that was husband and wife yeah that was a uh oh, man, it was really it was biblically based this. yeah i want to add that to this so like we're gonna you really want to go there yeah yeah because like it's literally the best analogy of god and human like the split so like Okay, so if you have kids, I'm sorry, I would say 
ref- remove them from this because this like is... Like, if you're not listening in your I don't earbuds, want you to have to explain to them If you're in the car about. and the kids are in the car, I would pause this now and resume later when the children are no longer within earshot. It's, it's biblically based, but it is quite explicit. It's a very... Um, what was that? Ezekiel first. Oh, God. Where he's talking about Israel and how... She was. I'll find it. Hold on. X-rated. Yeah. Okay. So, if the kids are gone, thank you. Um, but yeah, we were having this conversation. I think it was about this actual. Were we talking about this verse, this Ezekiel verse? Maybe. Okay. So she has it, or she's getting it. Dude, <laughs> oh come on! You gotta keep the talking Jeopardy while voice. I'm doing this. Yeah, no, I thought you were get. I thought you had it because you leaned over to the mic. No. Is it five? But um, yeah. So to fill this void, I'm just gonna keep talking um about the church thing real quick. Um, so I think I got some really good feedback on that and. Uh, I appreciated some of the content that they were able to give us in the comments just because like it's not just Sunday morning but also like people do feel these things when they attend church so now she has the verse we're done with the church conversation get the kiddos at in order to have context you kind of have to start at the beginning of the chapter but it's kind of long. But like it, it. Yeah, no, we don't have that kind of time. No, it's I can read it real like it's a couple of minutes, and like it's not even. Okay, go ahead. All right. This is so Bible this with is... K. Uh, <laughs> kids, out of the conversation. Um, this I is. I mean, your final it is warning. scripture, but I, I wouldn't. Yeah. Uh, Ezekiel twenty-three, the two immoral sisters. The word of the Lord came to me again. Son of man, there were two women, daughters of the same mother, who acted like prostitutes in Egypt, behaving promiscuously in their youth. Their breasts were fondled there, and their virgin nipples caressed. The older one was named Ohala, and her sister was Ohalaba. They became mine and gave birth to sons and daughters. As for their names, Ohala represents Samaria, and Ohalaba represents Jerusalem. Ohala acted like a prostitute even though she was mine. She lusted after her lovers, the Assyrians, warriors dressed in blue, governors and prefects, all of them desirable young men, horsemen riding on steeds. She offered her sexual favors to them. All of them were the elite of Assyria. She defiled herself with all those she lusted after and with all their idols. She didn't give up her promiscuity that began in Egypt when men slept with her in her youth, caressed her virgin nipples, and poured out their lust on her. Therefore, I handed her over to her lovers, the Assyrians she lusted for. They exposed her nakedness, seized her sons and daughters, and killed her with the sword. Since they executed judgment against her, she became notorious among women. Now her sister Ohalaba saw this but she was even more depraved in her lust than Ohala, and made her promiscuous acts worse than those of her sister. She lusted after the Assyrians, governors and prefects, 
warriors splendidly dressed, horsemen riding on steeds, all of them desirable young men. And I saw that she had defiled herself. Both of them had taken the same path, but she increased her promiscuity when she saw male figures carved on the wall, images of the Chaldeans engraved in bright red, wearing belts on their waists and flowing turbans on their heads. All of them looked like officers, a depiction of the Babylonians in Chaldea, their native land. At the sight of them, she lusted after them and sent messengers to them in Chaldea. Then the Babylonians came to her, to the bed of love, and defiled her with their lust. But after she was defiled by them, she turned away from them in disgust. When she flaunted her promiscuity and exposed her nakedness, I turned away from her in disgust, just as I turned away from her sister. Yet she multiplied her acts of promiscuity, remembering the days of her youth when she acted like a prostitute in the land of Egypt and lusted after their lovers whose sexual members were like those of donkeys and whose emission was like that of stallions. So you revisited the depravity of your youth when the Egyptians caressed your nipples to enjoy your youthful breasts. And it just continues. Yeah, like, is that... Um, this is the is CSB. Is that the callback from Revelation with the harlot? Like the Jezebel? Or is that... Oh, man. I'm it's not been a while sure. since I've been in there, so... But you can... Like, those are the words of God himself. All right, that is God depicting a... He's painting a very graphic picture of the transgressions that we have made against him. We are his beloved wife. We are his... And the not, apple of his eye. And not in like the weird like sexual romance. No, life. no. So no, it's like marriage, but like marriage is just a reflection of our relationship with God, with Christ. Um, everything in the kingdom is much deeper and more meaningful than the surface level version of it that we have here in the world. Right. So, you know, we, we are his, as his, you know, creation as souls, you know, we are his beloved, his, his pride, his pure bride. And we got in bed with sin. We got in bed with sin and we went wild and then we still go wild. Oh yeah, we still go wild. Um. Girls gone wild. <laughs> I just remember that from the freaking office, right? <laughs> and then God sees us, and oh man, I can't go back to how freaking graphic. You can I, because we already kicked the kids out. I guess I could just put an e tag on this. It's not even that bad. Like we're not swearing. Or so it's like. Imagine you're a husband and you walk in on your wife and she's just had an orgy with like 10 guys, 10 guys, and she's covered in their stuff and she's just smug and she looks at you and she's smug and she just licks her lips and And she's she's just like, I like this. This is what I wanted. Yeah. This is what I want. This is my happy place. Frick off. That's exactly what we're like. Like we're covered in filth and we are just 
blatantly guilty. Put yourself in a husband's shoes. Now your husband, like, imagine you're just, like, go. Like, you're my husband. Yeah. Like, how would you feel? Oh, I... I am trying not to um, get a little crazy graphic. But I would unalive. Or maybe not the Jesus in me now. But, like, the anger... I would probably say that I would feel feelings of wanting to unalive everybody in that room. I'm using that word because so I don't want to get So you would say like, that you would be consumed with rage, righteous jealousy. Rage. Righteous jealousy. Yeah. Wrath. Yeah. Against the your wife. I'd set the house on fire. Yes. Easy. Yes. I'd stay and in then, it too at the and end. Then, like, whatever. But but now imagine the compassion. You then look at Giddy, our little girl. So sweet and pure and innocent and just pure joy and you have such delight in her. There's such a unity and relationship there. And you look at me covered in filth. Just completely full of disdain for you no remorse no repentance just completely gross and disgusting and you say you just turn to giddy and you you take out your anger all that wrath on giddy on giddy not me not the dudes giddy i don't know how I would do that. <laughs> I wouldn't yet, be able to. I would probably say, we're going to go build a new life while everybody in this house burns. And I'd take Giddy and go walk. Yeah. I'd take Gabe too, obviously. <laughs> um, well, yeah. Um, this is hypothetical. Um, but that's why I'm not God. Yeah. And that's that's a... Based on God's word from his directly from his mouth that is what we're guilty of well instead he and that's what he did cleaned her up he gave his son so that his son could make her pure could redeem her could wash her clean of all of the filth that she had built up on herself and he brought her home and after she was sorry for it though <laughs> oh yes no there was repentance yeah um it's not just like oh this just covered one covers all like it can no it's it's like the be the heart behind the parable of be, the prodigal right. like the prodigal had to come home in order for his father to throw a party right you know in order to get clean you kind of have to be close to the person that's trying to clean you yeah um but like i so can't wait for the day of the Lord when we finally get to dance with Christ. And it goes back to that wedding again. Right. You know, and it's just like when you when you know the backstory of the egregious transgression that we've made against God and just the awful sin that we've done against him, to know that we are redeemed and we've been made pure and like he remembers that no more like he doesn't look at us and like that's the image at the back of his mind 
like he's chosen to forgive us and you know we're moving forward and but like that's always like there and it like kind of has that like filter effect almost but like not anything you're conscious of like no matter how much you forgive someone you're always gonna have the memory of what they did he doesn't he forgets it and not like in the the we forget kind of a way like he chooses to not remember it. it yeah he admits it from your story. He, not part he of separates that, your past from you, as far as the East is from the West. Deeper than the depths of the ocean. Like the Marianas Trench, guys. Like, realistically, light years. Like, the entire span of the universe is not, like, large enough to meet, like, how far he separates our sin from us. And that's, that's the good news, is that, yeah, every, every little sin, like, oh, my white lie, or, you know, that, that little theft, or whatever it is, like, that's really going to send me to hell? No. What's going to send you to hell is your heart that's sick with sin, and dead in sin, that will not be able to stand in the presence of a holy God. You need the atoning blood of Christ to cover you and make you pure and holy so that you can stand in the holy presence of God. His people are the only ones that will stand because we're the only ones that are covered in the blood of Christ and the seal of the Holy Spirit. When he comes and makes all things new, which he has promised to do, and because he is who he says he is, we believe that he's going to do that. And if we want to survive that, it's not about, oh, going to heaven or hell when you die. It's, this is what's coming. This is what's going to happen. And when that happens, you want to make sure that you can stand. And it's not like, oh, well, it doesn't, you know, it just has to happen in our lifetime. You don't know that's going to happen. It happens for both the living and the dead. Yeah. Like, you need to like it's you will clear. be resurrected like he will resurrect the living and the dead and so you still have to be able to stand so it's it's not about power and control and authority and trying to that's that's the sinful world's view of ruling and submission like that's not what he intended it's it's about just pursuing Christ the best that we can alongside one another because when you come together in community and you share that, yeah, me too, that's so powerful. And that's why we're bringing it back to the church. Yes, community. Like you, you need to be in the church. You need to gather regularly, fellowship, do life together, break bread together, be real with one another, know... You know, church smile, ding. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm good. Everything's great. Can't no, wait to see really, you next Sunday. Like, no, I'm serious. Insane. Like when you're not okay, say, I'm not okay. Like the other day I was talking to our friend and I gave her, you know, some an update on something. And she's like, how are you holding up? And I'm like, not, good. not so great today, if I'm honest. She was like, thanks for being real. Like you're amazing. Psalm 40. And it was about how, you know, you cry out to God and he hears you and he answers. And and we're moving forward. And we're moving forward. Because we still have the trust. 
Yeah. Because he's good. Because even, even when the circumstances change, even when it's not what we want, even when it's not what we expect. Or prayed for. Or prayed for. Like when he doesn't answer in the way that we want him to, he's still good. He doesn't change. Like that doesn't change the fact that he's, he's not going to fail. Right. Like he knows his wisdom is unsearchable. So for me to, like, it doesn't make sense to me because his wisdom is so much higher than mine and his thoughts are so much higher than mine. I don't have the ability to grasp why. Like, but thank God, because like you get to see it at some point. Yeah, he does. He does, you know, eventually reveal the why, you know, and I guess sometimes he doesn't, but. Even then, it's okay. Because if I'm truly trusting that God is my good father, then I have to actually act like that. And that means that even when he takes something away, even when he gives me something I don't want, even when he doesn't give me something I do want, he loves me. He is pure love. He is for me. He delights in me. And he gives only good things his goal is to grow me and make me more like his son to make me holy and he understands as a good father that sometimes that takes uncomfortable moments he understands that in order to have new growth you have to prune like if you want to be more fruitful if you want to you know i don't know you know this you have a fig tree oh yeah (laughs) I love my fig trees. I got to get a fig tree tattoo. Um, but when you prune the fig tree and you shape it, it, you allow the energy to go from those extra unnecessary branches and um, we call them suckers. Yeah. yeah, we call them suckers because they're just little sprouts that so you'll either get aren't part of the main tree. Green figs or no figs at all because of these stupid things. Right, because all of the energy is trying to sustain too much. Right. And so when you prune the branches back and you take away all that unnecessary extra, all of that energy gets to, you know, either go into the roots or it goes into those you know, remaining branches and it makes them even more fruitful because it, you're narrowing the, I don't know, the pathway, you know, like the openings for the energy to go to. So it's just kind of like overload and in a good way. In doing so, you... Have more fruit. joy to other people. They get to enjoy the fruits of the spirit from you. Right. Or like the fig tree. So like, let me tell you, if you go to a fig tree and it looks like a bush and unkept and there's no figs on it, you're going to be like, ew. But if you see... Like Jesus was. Yeah. If you see a fig tree that's like well-kept and actually has fruit on it, you're going to be like, oh my goodness. What a beautiful tree. What a delicious fruit. Like... Right. But like the thing is, the more you prune it, the more fruitful it gets. And so I feel like a lot of us want to stop at a certain stage of we've been here. I've been here of um, maturation in our faith and in our, our spiritual growth, because we're like, oh, you know what? I'm, I'm fruitful enough. I, I'm, I'm content here. I think I'm good. I'm a good Christian. I'm, good. I'm a good enough Christian. I punch, like, it in, I punch in every Sunday. Yeah. I serve every Sunday. But the thing is, God has a much grander 
masterpiece in mind than you could ever imagine. And so he's going to take out the shears and he's going to do some pruning. And you're going to say, God, why? It hurts, but we were good. Like we had this good thing going. I was getting, I was being, you know, fruitful and the roots were growing and I had some really nice leaves going. You know, the branches are kind of stretching out, reaching more things. They weren't right, but I produced them. No, No, it doesn't even, you don't even have to be necessarily a bad state. Like, you could be a good, healthy, fruitful tree, and he's still going to prune you. Mm. Because you have so much potential for more. Like, if you stop, like, if you stop growing, like, you never know, like, the full potential you could be. Like, fig trees get huge, man. They do. They get enormous. How is that doing, by the way? Um, Is it coming up? So we have figlet and we have figdrick. No, no, no. the big boy. Figdrick. In New York. Oh, in New York. uh, Sir Figs a lot. Yeah, he's starting to sprout. All right, good. I thought he, we killed um, it. <laughs> no, no, we did not kill it. Um, it got transplanted twice in like three years. So we were a little nervous uh, if he would survive the second transplant before we moved here because we couldn't take the big boy with us. I was heartbroken, but he came to my best friend and she sent me a picture. And, and there's some great some buddies. Good. Thank God. Yeah. Thank the and Lord. And they're also like a month behind us. So. Yeah, no, he'll. He's probably going to be working on his roots this year, mm-hmm. more so than... Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if he tried to push out some figs. You'll see. Because he did that the first year that he was transplanted. We'll see. The second year, not so much. But that's probably because he was working on his roots that year. Yeah, and then we tore him up. And then we tore him up. Yeah. <laughs> Poor guy. Yeah. All right. Uh, for the sake of time, um, anything closing? I could go on and on about like figs and abiding and the vine and the branches and all that i mean hey stick around for more content and uh subscribe so that you're in the loop uh if you're using the apple podcast app uh it should tell you when new episodes come out but uh i don't know how it works i don't use it anymore but i'm pretty sure if you subscribe it'll tell you there's i am so sorry there's a new episode if you find out email us sSJCpodcast Podcast, at uh, gmail.com or tweet at us SSJC pod on Twitter. Yeah. Um, it's not really an active Twitter. It's not. It's only for when So the if you do drop. tweet at us, we will very likely not see it, but that is still an avenue to use. Yeah, right. It's um, not monitored frequently, but it's still. It's more of an just, avenue. I used it for the podcast host to post updates for when we put out episodes so yeah um this has been i, I like this, this was one. a good this, this was a good one yeah um, this was a good episode i liked yeah. the content please email to let us know how we're doing if there's anything that you're like i don't know about uh the quality of this conversation or you know you need to focus on this or i'd like to hear some your both content and technical or i'd like to hear your thoughts on this uh i'd like to read it on the show ssjc podcast um, at gmail.com also on the apple podcast thing if you would take two minutes to tell us in a review what you like about us oh i might read it on the show i probably will give you the spotlight for a couple minutes maybe give us five stars give you a free cookie yeah maybe maybe that'll happen i'll give you a coupon for chubby kitchen a coupon coupon 
A coupon? Um, I don't. It's a thing that I used to say when I was working at the grocery store. I'm sorry. Well, there's gray poupon. Gray coupons. poupons. That's what. That's where it came from. And I was oh, like, okay. Oh, I have a poupon coupon. <laughs> <laughs> that's so good. It's so dumb. All right, uh, we love you guys. Jesus be with you. I have one more thing to say. Oh, I'm sorry. Because <laughs> we were just talking. I was just being proactive. It's fine. This is y'all getting cut out. No, it's, uh, no you can't. Be on the lookout for a uh, half episode because I'm going to try to do those once a month. So it might be like a 20 minute conversation. You might hear cookies being made in the background. It's like a little extra sugar cube. Yeah. It's just honestly, it's probably just going to be like it's not a whole cup of tea. Way more casual talk than just what this is. So uh, I might. Actually, you know what would be funny? <laughs> yeah, you know what would be funny? Actually, you know what would be helpful? Email us a topic for that episode. And the best one I will... I'll probably draw from the pot once a month. Yeah. Just to talk about it. But uh, the best one I'll pick and it'll be the first episode. And I'll credit you. Thank you. And this has been Social Justice Podcast. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Sugar Spice, Jesus Christ. Jesus be with you. Jesus be with you. Bye.